0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a busy end to a busy week across Scottish football. 0-0 in Prague last night as Philippe Clement bemoans Rangers injury record and has his say on Graham Souness' comments about his appointment. Brendan Rodgers isn't happy with Celtic's fixture list ahead of Hibs tomorrow and Motherwell and Rangers aren't happy with festive scheduling either and Aberdeen throw away a 2-0 lead to lose in Europe but are on the receiving end of a VAR howler. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans. Now the question is what effect, if any, will the European exertions have on Celtic, Rangers and Aberdeen in the Premiership this weekend? Celtic have the opportunity to go 10 points clear with Rangers playing 24 hours later but Hibs away could be a difficult fixture for them. Rangers will be looking to see if they can continue with their decent run under Philippe Clement. One win, one draw, no goals conceded. Fair enough for him. Yeah, I think it was, um, there was, listen, there was um, promising signs, certainly the last 30 minutes last night for Rangers. It was a tough 60 minutes. I felt as if there was slack passes again and Philippe Clement will, will be aware of the, the disappointment of that first 60 minutes, but certainly the fit, last 30 minutes of the game, they definitely could have took yeah. something out of it. Come on then, 0141 What is on your mind tonight? There is so much going on. We've not even mentioned the championship fixtures, Queen's Park Partick Thistle, a great one on our doorstep. Dundee United are both as well at Netherlands v Scotland in the Women's Nations League. So Friday night football all over the place. We've got European football to look back on. We've got press conferences today ahead of the games tomorrow and over the weekend. And everybody loves a good moan about fixtures and scheduling and all that sort of stuff. We've got a healthy dose of that for you tonight as well. So come on down and let us know what is on your mind. 0141 951 1025. Scottish football, the busiest place to be, Hugh Evans. Well, uh, when Brendan Rogers says, somebody's up to tricks uh, <laughs> with regard to the fixtures list, you know the telephone is going to ring at that point. Celtic not happy that they are away at Dundee immediately after Christmas, but Rangers play even later after Christmas, which gives them one day less recovery time before Celtic play Rangers in the next derby. This is a bit different because everybody's sort of unhappy because Motherwell and Rangers are unhappy I like that. that their game has been moved back to Christmas Eve uh, rather than the 23rd, so it's now on TV on Christmas Eve. Yeah, listen, I, I get the point of view from fans, um, travelling situation, especially being the 24th and, and also being a Sunday as well. I think um, transport will be limited for fans on, on that day. But listen, I, I still think the, they've given us enough notice within eight weeks up to the to the fixture. And listen, we, how long have we been in this um, Scottish football game? That, See, listen to that. Spoken like a player who's just happy that he doesn't have to train on Christmas <laughs> Day anymore. <laughs> Can he eat anything on Exactly. 0141951025. It might make sense to start looking back on last night's action because there was so much to get through, really, uh, Rangers fans. What did you make of the performance? I know for sure that if we had nipped that game at 60 minutes and then asked you to phone in with your performance, I don't know if you would have been too happy. However, Rangers did.
did of course finish the game uh, much stronger there was a bit of a turnaround could even have nicked it in the end uh, so what did you make of it overall in terms of bringing that up to speed today um, up to the, the present moment Philippe Clements had a bit of a um, a bit of a concern, shall we say, Airdie's concerns about Rangers injuries again, something he's done before. It looks like Kamar Roof's terrible run is going to continue. Um, so if you've got any thoughts on that, he's even been speaking about Graham Soonis today, Celtic fans. It's bad news for you on the injury front as well, uh, with Rio Hitati set for a spell on the sidelines. So it is all happening, 01419511025. We'll get into the nitty gritty uh, of it, Hugh, but as a... An overview, what did you make of the midweek European action? It was all going so well uh, until Pataudry imploded. Uh, I thought Celtic were absolutely outstanding against Atletico Madrid uh, up until uh, the last 20 minutes when the, the speed of the whole occasion started to take its toll, but two magnificent goals from Kyogo uh, and from Luis Palma. Uh, Rangers, okay. They went great for an hour. But the game does last 90 minutes. And that, for me, was a reasonable result in Prague. Uh, there's still work to be done in the group, but it's better than losing in Limassol. And with regard to Aberdeen, uh, you know, I know that there's great sympathy over the, the VAR howler, which uh, denied them a stonewall penalty kick. So bad, though, wasn't it? Yeah, shocking. But, you know, VAR is the monster we created. And now it's eating us alive. But when you're two up, 17 minutes to go, your defending has to be a good deal more resolute than it was from Aberdeen. Cami, overall, three games, no wins. Yeah. Um, listen, looking at the performances, um, I, I felt as if Celtic were absolutely fantastic. Um, probably the best I've seen them the, the first half. They were really, really good. Some great goals, as you said. Um, they'll be disappointed they didn't take all three points but again it's against a top elite level um, opposition Rangers as I said before good signs and and some worrying signs that Clement will have to sort of shake up the team and make sure that first 60 minutes doesn't happen again because a better side will hurt you um, albeit Sparta are a good side especially at home um, but those good signs in the last 30 minutes created a number of opportunities and could have sneaked away with the three points and Aberdeen will just be so disappointed with what happened last mm -hmm. night. Again, the penalty is a big, big talking point. I think if Aberdeen get that penalty, they take all three points. Yeah, Aberdeen fans, come on down. Let us know what you made of it all. 01419511025. John is going to kick things off from a Rangers perspective. John, sum up that performance last night. Hi, good evening, guys. Thanks for having us on. Um, soon up to your, your colleague there. Um, first half, let's uh, back to the wall. Uh, some good defending, some world-class saves. Uh, for the Rangers keeper, uh, which will seem to be lucky over many decades at getting great keeper, so he kind of pulled us out of that. Um, second half, got on the ball a wee bit better, kept the shape a wee bit better, and had some chances. And just as you were saying there before I come on, um, could have sneaked at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, their keeper had a couple of world class saves, and it'd have been brilliant to get three points, but overall, uh, considering the first half, Great to get a point, I suppose. Yeah, Cammy, the beauty of us being on last night was we were able to kind of take calls at half time, and yep. it was a a very negative reaction because up to maybe I don't know, I don't know where you would draw the line, maybe sixty minutes something around there. That that was a tough watch, wasn't it? It seemed like a Sparta goal was coming. I'm sure you'll stick up for your goalkeeping colleague Jack Butland and the, the impact he's making. 
yeah, listen, he's been he's been absolutely brilliant since he came to the club. And to be honest, I didn't doubt it. I thought he was going to be a key signing when I seen him come in the door. He's an experienced goalkeeper, played at the top level, has played under huge expectation, and he's absolutely produced since he's came in the door. He was fantastic, made some big saves at big moments. And also, I felt as if they defended the box fairly well. Um, they were under a lot of pressure, but the worrying thing for me was when they were in possession, they were giving away far too easily. Um, and that's what Clermont will be looking at, is, is when they are under pressure, they need to keep the ball better and they need to make the opposition work harder to get back. Um, but listen, he's obviously had a chat with them in, at half time because the second half even at the start of the second half there was small signs that they were getting better in the last 30 minutes of the game they really did push on and created some brilliant chances their goalkeeper as John said had a fantastic save from Lammers that could have been in the back of the net and as I said before they could have been away with all three points There was a, a great sense of renewed optimism on our programme last Saturday after the 4-0 demolition of uh, Hibs uh, but some players then went back to their old ways last night you know Dessers just looked desolate uh, Raskan I, I, I didn't think it was a particularly good game um, and Danilo looks a better bet than Dessers at the moment for me yeah yeah. I mean John I suppose though uh, overall in the, you know, in the context of the group the group's still sitting fine isn't it it's open enough and it, you, look, you look at it as a, a good point overall yeah, as I said earlier on there, uh, good point considering their backs were to the wall. That's not anybody that watched the game last night, as I say. Rangers keeper pulled off world-class saves in left, right and centre. Uh, and to be honest with you, we could have sneaked it. If we did, we got a goal at the very end, or Lammers did their keeper pull off a brilliant save. We'd have had three points or even in an even better position. But I think we'll take care of them when we get them at Ibrox. I think we'll, we'll take the three points, but it's a must-three points, to be honest with you. But, got to bear in mind, these guys, a few players have come in there just back for injury. Uh, Lammers has been out of the team. Uh, Cantwell's been injured, come back in. Hostile uh, atmosphere, uh, crowd, etc. So, so a point overall, I think um, the Rangers guys and the manager, considering some of the injuries and some of the guys that have been back, will be over the moon that coming away from there with a point. Yeah, what do you make of the reshuffle that, in, in one respect, had to take place when you there was an issue at, at left-back? Um, and it was a change of shape in the end yeah. and Abdullah Sima asked to do a very unfamiliar role but I think most people give him a bit of praise for the way he did it Yeah, I felt as if he'd done his defensive duties really, really well stuck to his task and listen, these players didn't have a lot of time to adjust to a new system that they've not played before the manager had to drill that into them probably worked really hard um, video analysis, walkthroughs on the pitches um, so they understood the, the shape that he wanted to create during the game and yeah, listen, the, the, the 60 minutes they were under pressure, they, Sparta created a number of opportunities, but you're always relying on your goalkeeper in these big European nights. Alan McGregor done it for years to make big saves at big moments. Jack Butland absolutely done that. And again, John Lindstrom had a key blo uh, block, I think. Mm. Butland had the save and then it was a rebound. He managed to get in front of the striker and make a clearance. These are big moments in the game, but then they grew into the game. I think they, they grew within confidence of playing against this team, thinking we can get something from the, the game. The so. obvious problem with Seema in the deeper lying role uh, is that it takes him further yeah, away from yeah, where yeah. he's most effective sure. and dangerous. You know, we, we praised him on Saturday for his numbers, as they say, this season. Terrific uh, goal scoring. Uh, 
But it was all forced upon Philippe Clement. I can't allow John's remark about hostile atmosphere. Every time Rangers play at home in a European tie, the crowd are urged to create a hostile mm. atmosphere. You can't blame. No, he's blaming it. No, it's just people of Prague. Is it, is it, no, it's an observation in terms of players kind of dealt with it fine. I think was John's point. Um, away from the game, John, anything else on your mind? I know there's a lot going on at the club at the moment. It's a quick point. Uh, I noticed in the dugout there uh, you had Alec Ray and Steve Davis in there. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if anybody knew if they have a role at Ibrooks uh, considering they had just stood in. And the other point was obviously I tried to go on last week regarding uh, Graham Souness. He was behind the scenes of sitting in or trying to advise the board for a managerial position. Um, and they didn't want a kind of ambassador role, but the chat is some consultancy role at the club. Wonder if your guys knew anything behind the scenes. Uh, suppose he's just well, about to sign a, a deal at Ibrox. Well, uh, Graham, Graham Souness himself has said uh, that it's close to being a done deal. It will be a consultancy stroke ambassadorial role. Uh, and with Graham Souness, you get the Graham Souness outspokenness. Mm. Yeah, what did you make of that? It was interesting, wasn't it? Because, I mean, Philippe Clement's then been asked about it today. Um, but Graham Souness did, did praise Philippe Clement. He yeah. said he's a man of stature, and when he talks, people are going to listen. He says he's got a good CV. But when he spoke on another radio station yesterday, the one line that he said, yeah. that understandably, people are picking up on, why would you not, yeah. yep. said, and he's talking about Frank Lampard, for me, Frank had the edge because... So it's not a stretch to say that Graham Souness thought Frank Lampard was the number one choice and Philippe Clement was second. Graham Souness would see no controversy here. I mean, I, I've known Graham for a long, long time from when he was a, the, the Rangers manager and he would see no controversy. That's what I think and that's mm-hmm. what I said. Uh, so for those of us on the outside, you're thinking, I've just kept that to myself really, that you, uh, your, your choice for the job was Frank Lampard yeah. and mainly I would have kept it to myself because I don't know if Graham ever indulges in social media but social media when Frank Lampard's name first came to the forefront social media showed that the vast majority of the Rangers supporters didn't mm. want them. What did you make of that line um, John for me Frank had the edge that's the one that's causing all the controversy isn't it? Honest with you, uh, Frank Lampard, he's not really done a big name, great football player, world class, managerial. Um, probably, I'd be quite happy with what we've got um, rather than Frank Lampard. I know he's a big name, but he's not really cut it out, didn't do too well at Derby, didn't do too well at Everton, went back to Chelsea for a second time, didn't do too well. So these are clubs with a vast amount of money coming in. So I think, to be honest with you, it was a bit too back when I heard that about soon. I said maybe he'd get the edge, but at the end of the day, they went with the manager at the moment and we need to give him the backing. But uh, no, overall, I'm happy who we've got rather than Frank Lampard, to be honest with you. I think most Rangers fans are, Cammy. Could Rangers maybe f- and and Philippe Clement just have been doing without that? I mean, people listen when Graham Souness speaks, so it's it's no surprise that it's been picked up on. Yeah, and listen, as you said before, Gordon, that the people are going to pick up on this and that's going to be the headline as soon as he says that. But I think Philippe Clement has the backing of the club. The board have picked him over Frank Lampard, so that's the main thing for him and he'll be he'll mm. be very assured of his own role within the club and whether Souness comes in as a role looks like he does and I think that'll be a good move for Rangers as well because you've got these guys sitting at the top of the club, James Bisgrove, who's very good on the commercial side and has built Rangers up as a, as a club 
but how much does he know about the football side so that's what I always worry about within football clubs and the board side of it they should have a footballing man in there and Graham Souness is a, a brilliant guy to get in for Rangers Football Club but thank yeah. you to John sorry Hugh we'll move on because we're very late for this break but Lee in Knightswood is coming up next you are the voice of Scottish football call 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans is here Cammy Bell alongside him one of them if you're watching the live stream has spent last week in Tenerife and the other hasn't and oh. you can guess which one is which <laughs> <laughs> if you are tuned in to the live stream 01419511025 or Twitter to get your thoughts across to us Lee uh, as advertised before the travel has been hanging on patiently what did you take away from last night Lee? Alright guys um I don't think it was a bad result. I think it was an alright result, um, considering the way the first half went. I thought we were under real, real pressure. I think the defence and that. I think the goalkeeper was brilliant. My main, my main um, annoyance really was the forward players. I think that's one of the reason why we were under so much pressure. Because when we had the ball and we were trying to play passes into Dessers or Lammers, I mean, for example, I mean, like. Dessers, I'm, I, I'm not a fan, obviously, I think you know that, but like every time the ball goes up to him, it, it, it doesn't hold up. He can't run the channels. I just don't know what the guy offers us. It's, it's pretty frustrating. I mean, same with Lammers as well. I mean, I think Lammers goes missing. This isn't the first time or the first game. This has been in, in domestic games as well. I just think he goes missing and... I just feel, for me, I know it might seem really negative because I don't think there was good things last night, but I just don't see, I just don't think Bessers and Lammers are, are going to cut it at Rangers, I really don't. I just don't think they've got, they've got the minerals for it to go Well, they, they certainly give that impression. Uh, you know, for the money spent on the pair of them, uh, the return so far has not been good. It would be the ultimate test of uh, Philippe Clement to get something out of Dessers that we haven't seen as yet uh, it, it just you know Lee's perfectly correct the ball goes up to him it's like hitting a brick wall it comes straight back to put you under pressure Danilo looks a better bet um, Dessler's got a nice goal against uh, Hibs last weekend and you would have thought there was a great deal of talk about how happy he looked coming off the park and he was milking the applause of the Rangers fans but last night he reverted to type and the type that we have seen just got here for four and a half million pounds has been unsatisfactory and insufficient for Rangers Is it fair from Lee Cammy? Is, is it still the one well it's two areas two players in particular but yep. it feels like they do get lumped together is, that, is it still a bit of a concern? Yeah, definite concern for me is is Dessers. I'd, I, I'll really struggle to see what his key quality is um, within being a striker. Normally, you can see the the physical and they'll, they'll occupy defenders all the time, or they can run the channels, as Lee said, or they're a, they're a, a goal scoring um, box player. But I just don't see anything that um, is standing out at the moment for me. What he is really, really good at. Um, and seeing these European games when you're away, when you're under the cosh for a long period of time, you need a striker to hold the ball up for you. As a defender, as a goalkeeper, that's exactly what you need. When the ball goes up, it has to stick when you've been under so much pressure. And it's not doing that at the moment. And that will eventually hurt Rangers um, against the better opposition. So, um, yeah, I am struggling to see... Um, how it's going to change for him as well? I, I don't. I hope it does um, because they've spent a lot of money on this striker. But I just don't see where it's coming from. Lammers, 
sometimes see flashes but again I'm still question, huge question marks over for me I look back and say I'd rather have Hadji back at the club than, than Lammers to be perfectly you, honest to use a well-worn expression they both look as if they're in the wrong movie you know yep. as if Scottish football doesn't suit them European football last night of course you, you would wonder if there was a, a slight stylistic difference that would uh, that would see something click um, I mean overall Lee, is, is, is last night one of them where you just take that as a point? It wasn't a vintage start to the game, it got better, the group's still kind of open. Are these all, is, this, is that the kind of feeling of most Rangers fans? Definitely, I think um, before, the, before the game kicked off, I would have took a point because I fancy to be on that Ibrox. Um, I think just now as well with players out and things, we're just, I don't know, man, something just doesn't feel right yet. Uh, it's not the manager's fault, the manager's just done I, I like the way he's going about it. I mean, he's stuck with players like Dessers and Lammers, so you can't put that on him. I need to laugh to myself, but because obviously Michael Beale in the summer said I looked these players in the eye, so he flew to Italy to go and see Cyril Dessers. I mean, Cyril Dessers must have been wearing sunglasses because the guy is not a Rangers player. It's sunny in Italy in the summer, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. Um, uh, you, do, you do wonder... What, if, if there are fans out there who've still got patience, let's hear from you, because I like to hear both sides, obviously. You know, for the first however many weeks, almost up until Michael Beale got sacked, people would still phone in and say, we need to give these guys time. You know, not everyone's going to hit the ground running. And then you pluck someone from the 80s or 90s who took a bit of time yeah. to get going. Um, if you are patient enough to say, OK, well, let's see what Philippe Clement can get out of him because he, he knows him and he knows all of him and it's a new manager then you're going to need to give that longer than two games as well, no? Well, yes, you do have to give it that And time. I get that point, because if we keep doing this, we'll be at Christmas before you know it, but <laughs> Yeah, but still. I mean, there's nothing that Philippe Clement can do. The transfer window is over and done with, and he can't buy anyone else until January. So he has to go with what he's got, mm. and it's Michael Beale who's left him with these players, and all he can do is work as hard as he can and work them as hard as he can to see if they can be better mm. than they have so far shown. Yeah, I mean, he could obviously start using the likes of Danilo in, in that area if he's coming back to fitness with something he did address today. Let's hear a couple of things from Philippe Clement. Firstly, um, on the result, he believes it was a fair result after that old cliche about it being a game of two halves. At the end, it's a, it's a game that was in balance. First half for Sparta, second half for us. Chances are equal, but we have more shots on, on target. So at the end, yeah, it could have been a win for us. It could have been a win for them if they scored more uh, in the first half. I'm really happy uh, after showing images in, in halftime where the spaces were and what we had to do, that it was much better second half and, and there we, we dominated in the, in the chances. Uh, also, speaking about injuries as well, because this all feeds into it, doesn't it? If Danilo can get fit, maybe he plays and Dessers doesn't. For a long time, people keep phoning here and saying, actually, Kamar Roof's the number one striker at the club. But again, um, more injury concerns for him um, was missing, of course. And the, the new manager wants to take a longer term approach with Kamar Roof, who is still plagued by those injuries. Probably we need to rebuild the next week. Next weeks, we need to take a really good look at that because he's been struggling already for a long time with the same things. So it's important to, to find also. What's the reason for that? I can do a lot of things, but I'm not a doctor. I, I didn't study that long. I studied a few years, but not uh, like the doctors need to do. So, no, I cannot say anything about that. Uh, we first need to make a, a really good assessment how to bring Kimar back in a way that he can be uh, 
a long time back and not short time. I mean, we've been here before many times, Cami, and there will always be the main person really you've got to feel sympathy for is Kamar Roof. But Rangers fans are sort of losing patience over a lot of this stuff and it sounds like the manager's really key to explore what's been going on a bit more because all the injuries happen don't they you can get impact injuries and so on but there are certain situations he doesn't seem that impressed with yeah listen the the key things he said there for me was that they're looking to find out why these injuries keep reoccurring Um, it seems to be the same areas that he's getting these injuries in Uh, so they need to get to the bottom of why he keeps on breaking down every time he's he's back on the pitch for two or three weeks then he's back on the treatment table so um, it, it sounds positive um, from a Rangers point of view that the manager's um, noticing that and that he's already aware of the situation that he needs to find a long-term solution. He doesn't want Kemar Roof back for two, three weeks and then back on the treatment table. You can get no consistency within your team if you're doing that. So he'll be key to get him back consistently fit because for me, I agree, he, he is the best striker Rangers have at the moment. Um, but it's just trying to get him on the pitch. I think Philippe Clement's spoken about managing Danilo Hulo. Yeah. Is, is that the actual solution to the Cyril Dessers' criticism? That actually Danilo just starts playing a bit more? The problem with Dessers and the, you know, the, 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 the first caller, John, was making the point you know, that tomorrow, or rather Sunday, when Rangers play Hearts, if Dessers is chosen from the start and gets off to a bad start, the crowd begin to get restless. They, they begin to develop an attitude of, you must be able to see this as well as us. This guy isn't doing it. Uh, so it's a big call for the manager on Sunday, I think, because Dessers at the moment isn't doing it. He got a goal last weekend, but did not kick on from there. So I, I, I think, I understand what it means by managing... Danilo because he took a, a terrible facial injury but if he was alright to come on at the end against Sparta Prague he's alright to start against Hearts mm. Gaz Hunter has sent a tweet in um, then these two if they don't know already will find out Glasgow's a very unforgiving place mm. Gaz is a Rangers fan as well he says Shug is right they're in the wrong movie it's this one and he's attached a picture uh, and photoshopped effort Unlethal weapon <laughs> And it's um, Serial Dessers And Sam Lammers And at the top it says A Michael Beale film Yeah well It's Michael Beale's fault I mean the, the, He he said that they were Up to mm. playing for Rangers He convinced The hierarchy That they should spend Millions of pounds on uh, So You know the, Philippe Clement Has to see If he On a temporary basis Can get Something out of them Between now and January And if not Replacements but will need to be found. Remember the time a caller phoned in and called you a weapon? Yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's one of the famous ones. <laughs> Amazing from uh, quite a long time ago, before my time. But uh, I've certainly not forgotten about it. Kyle is a Rangers fan. What are you thinking tonight, Kyle? Hi, guys. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Really, the team's <laughs> not playing the best. You can't really say anything else apart for that. Uh, need to get a new captain, I think, and sort out the team really. Hugh Evans is just he's just rolled back in his chair because we've been here before in no the captaincy it's it not happening from Tavernier uh, you know the, I mean, defensively Rangers were under pressure last night that's undeniable but it's not just James Tavernier who's under pressure the, the, the whole lot of them were under pressure I, I, I just think this has role become, for him last night slightly this has well. become a cliche you know I'm Kyle I'd like you to tell me who should be Rangers captain on Sunday against Hearts if I had to be honest, uh, I would say 
Jack Butland. He's got the voice on him. He knows what he's talking about. As much as he's a goalkeeper, now you can laugh at it. He's probably the best person to be talking to about it. Well, you know, I, I'm not laughing at your suggestion at all. I, on a purely personal level, I was never keen on goalkeepers as captains, Cammy. Oh, listen, um, I was only captain once, I think, uh, Dundee United for the season, but listen, Manuel Neuer's done it. There have been all of a can over the years. There's been big goalkeepers have done it. Um, I, yes, I agree. If, if I was looking at that Rangers team and I was moving the captain, it would be Jack Butlin. But it's not going to happen. I think for everyone's no. sanity, right, uh, it's Friday night. Let's get a bit more of like the Friday feeling going, I don't think we need another, should James Tavernier be the Ranger captain debate? Do you know why? Because another one will be along in a few days. So yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hit pause on that. However, Kyle... I'm go- let, let me put a more different spin on it. I take it you're impressed with Jack Butland. How important is he at the moment when you look at games like last night? He was very important. He's cut, pulled off great saves and being honest, he's kept us in this season. And the back, yes, Tavernier and Goldson's been doing great. I think we need to look at more centre-backs and renew the legs there. Jack Butland's been sorting like everyone out. Michael Beale has been slaughtered for the signings that uh, took place mm-hmm. in the summer window but he has to get a word of uh, commendation for Jack Butland because he never puts a foot wrong Yeah, the only goal you could argue over perhaps is Kyogo, fantastic strike at Ibrox but from a long way out oh you're harsh critic oh wow yeah, that's so early, did Cammy? Very Come on, harsh, goalkeepers yeah. union. No, no. Listen, I, I, I don't think he he has put a foot wrong this season. Listen, he will make a mistake at some point, but I think he's got the characteristics to absolutely mm. turn it around as soon as he does that. What is it about it? Because this is glad you're here. You know, not enough goalies are out there explaining these things to us. Because if you watch the saves last night. Yep. He's probably expected to make every one of them, isn't yep, he? It's not. Agree. It's not like there was any. You go. That is outstanding. How has he saved it? Mm-hmm. Is it is it about the consistency of it? Is it even maybe down to the way that um, you know if, if it is a parry, it's always parried to the right place, you know all that sort of stuff. I think you use that word there, Gordon. Consistencies, consistent performances, then put belief in his defenders. His defenders know that if a shot's coming in nine times, ninety-nine times out of hundred, he's going to save it because he's put that belief into the defenders. I think you're right as well, though. He, there was one long-range shot last night that just bounced in front of him. It can be really difficult saves, and he managed to scoop it up and well into the air that was in out of the danger zone. I think he's just a, a really assured goalkeeper and confident. He breeds that confidence throughout the team. He's got a big presence within the within the goal and within the team. Um, so that's why I said that if there was ever to be a change mm. of captain, he'd definitely be one you would look at. Uh, thank you very much to Kyle uh, from Livingston. Maybe maybe there is a Friday feeling because we're 40 minutes into the show and actually no one has complained about fixture lists yeah. yet well, the, the clubs are all up in arms about it today so if you want to do that you can do if you want to keep going on the football theme that is lovely uh, Celtic fans what do you make of what's been coming out of your club Rio Hitati's injured there was such a, a high I think from elements of the performance midweek uh, how do you feel that continues on to the weekend so get your calls in whilst I run this past you Yes, Make Me A Winner is over and it's on to next week and now this is your chance to win another life-changing amount of cash. We've teamed up with our stations across the UK to give away a quarter of a million 
£1,000. That's right, you could be coming a quarter millionaire uh, when Jim Atkinson makes the winning call next Friday. But for your chance to win that life-changing amount, you need to be in the draw ahead of next Friday. Same same drill, though. Text YES to 61025. Y-E-S to 61025. £2 to text plus your standard network rate. You can enter on the website and online entries cost £2 as well. Or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this Bower Media Audio UK competition are on the website and we guarantee every penny paid out to one winner and if it's you, the cash goes straight into your bank account after the call. Man, you'd be refreshing your online banking, wouldn't you? Well, you wouldn't, but everybody else would. Um, so lines close next Friday, 3rd of November, 5pm. That's when Jim Atkinson makes the call. There's no phrase to remember. You don't even need to pick up within the five rings. You don't have to say an amount. You can say whatever you like, but keep it clean and make sure you answer your phone quarter of a million pounds would be yours so get yourself in the draw text yes to 61025 0141-951-1025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Cami Bell are here it's 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB get your thoughts over to us whether it is last night's European action, maybe you still want to talk about Wednesday's European action, we're back to the domestic stuff this weekend uh, and Rangers Motherwell, Celtic everyone is unhappy uh, with various issues surrounding fixture lists, so if you've got any thoughts there um, I don't know if we can explain it all, I don't necessarily think we can, but we can discuss it together if you so wish, on the usual number or on Twitter. Let's hear from Brendan Rogers. He's confirmed they will be without Rio Hatate for a few weeks. He's happy with Paolo Bernardo's contribution midweek and thinks he's one of a few players that should be targeting making an impact in Hatate's absence. Not a definitive timeline, but he's definitely out for a, a few weeks. We're just waiting for it to, to settle down. We're just waiting on the result and then uh, we'll see where he's at. But he looked quite a bad one. Rio will be a big loss, but was the performance of Paolo Bernardo the other night and what he contributed, was that a big positive? Yeah, it's always... It's always disappointing when, when players are, are missing and players of that quality, but our our strength is our team. And, uh, and like you say, Paolo comes in, makes his first... Uh, well, it's the longest appearance he's, he's made. And I thought he coped very, very well. So, uh, so yeah, we have a number of young players that can step up if Rio's going to be out for a period of time. And, and what it always does is it always presents an opportunity for, for the guys. And the guys that are working very hard will get the chance to come in and play. Uh, it's a big blow. I mean, you cannot dismiss the the sense of loss that Celtic feel over Rio Hatati. Uh, he's a slow start to the season, then he had that purple patch where he was just sensational. So it is a blow. Paolo Bernardo did very well against Atletico Madrid. He has come from a great club in Benfica. He is very young, but uh, he's the guy with the jersey right now, and I would have thought that he would have started tomorrow at Easter Road. Yeah, it's obviously going to be a blow losing Rio Hitati. The only thing would be, Cammy, no, no real indication of how long that is. Doesn't sound like it's. It sounds like it's edging towards more serious. You know, a few weeks as a minimum. Yeah, I think so. The way that Brendan spoke there, I, I would say it isn't a long, long term injury. It's probably maybe looking at a month or something um, like that. He's going to be a huge miss for for Celtic. He's a big influential player, as Hugh said. He is just going to hit that purple patch, and he's he's a big, big player for them. 
scores a lot of, a lot of goals and assists. He's, he's involved in a lot of goals, so um, he's going to be difficult to replace. But it's an opportunity for one of the other guys to step up to the plate and try and put their mark on that that spot in that jersey. Were you impressed with Celtic midweek? Who did they surprise you? I've got a funny feeling you would have predicted them to get a, a sore one against Atletico Madrid. And I, I wouldn't have been alone. You know, I listened to the callers that night on the programme and there was a deep-rooted sense of pessimism about what could happen. You're talking about one of the great clubs in the world here, Atletico Madrid. You know, the Champions League finalists of the past. And as Brendan Rodgers said earlier on today, with aspirations to win this season's Champions League, for the first 45 minutes, Celtic were breathtaking. And the quality of the goals, O'Reilly to Kyogo, magnificent finish. Louis Palmer, what an eye for goal he has. And they were breathtaking. Second half, you know, they've lost a, a goal to Antoine Griezmann that, uh, you know, is another sickener for Celtic. They thought they might have held on to the 2-1. But overall... To get the draw against Atletico Madrid, I think, was outstanding for Celtic. Yeah, and absolutely fantastic. As I said before in the show, for me it was probably the best I've seen Celtic this season, that first 45 minutes. They were um, breathtaking, really, really good, um, played some fantastic football and they were unfortunate again. The penalty, Joe Hart gets a finger to it, hits the post, comes straight back to him and puts it in an empty net. On another day that might just get touch the post and go round out for a corner. So really, really unfortunate but it's a, it's a big result that, as you say, these are a giant of a football club in European football uh, Let's go to the phones, bring in John who's a Celtic fan, what is on your mind tonight, John? Hi Gordon, good evening guys Hello. Hi, evening It's just about, you're talking about the fixtures Gordon mm-hmm. First of fixtures again Now it has come on my highlight today as well It's and uh, I do believe, the, I'm a Celtic fan the man just highlighted as well Seven years in a row, Celtic away again Megan away as a fan that watched the away games, well done Dundee now, the fixtures across the road, they're a team right, I've, I've monitored. Seven out of the last ten has been at home, including European games, right? Well, Why including Europe, you, you wouldn't include European games then, would you? Because that's just I'm just saying neither here nor there. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying for talking sake, right. Gordon, just saying at home, right? Right, at home. So what I'm trying to say is, why seven years in a row? Is it me? I, I, I believe it's deliberate. I'll just shoot for the hip. Mm. I, I don't think it's a no. Well, I know I'm sure he's going to say, "Oh, conspiracy theory." No, seven years in a row. But what, 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 what I would say to you is that on six of those seven years, Celtic won the league. No, I mean, uh, look. Because the thing is, John, I think everybody knows. I, I don't think there is an explanation. It's not like I can say, "No, you're wrong." Like obviously, that is that is quite something that that's seven years in a row the only thing I would ask you genuinely this is not meant to be like me trying to catch you out when you're saying you know conspiracy or it's deliberate to achieve what do you know what I mean like this notion because you know putting Celtic always away just after Christmas it might be unfair on fans absolutely Uh, it might be a bit of a pain that they never get to come to Celtic Park at that time of year but in terms of it being like a conspiracy or deliberate for you know, I mean, for what? What what would that achieve? Right. Okay. I, I think for me, without being cheeky, I think it's a silly question. You've asked me, what will that achieve? You're away from home. It's a difference. It's, it's not a home. You know, a home a home tie gives you gives gives you uh, 
gives you a chance. No, 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 but you're missing, you're missing the point, John. You're missing the point. I'm talking about specifically on that date. I get the notion that an away game is harder than a home game, for goodness sake, but I'm talking about it's it, the argument here is the fixture immediately after Christmas. And I'm, by the way, I'm with you. If I was you, I would be frustrated at that. That I, I get it that you, you know, you'd rather go home, but yeah. I'm talking about to, to set that up. If you're saying there is something at play here and it's, yes. it's, it's, it's meant to be sort of anti Celtic in some way, unfair yes. on fans, absolutely possibly, but yes. what, what, what would that conspiracy be trying to achieve? That's what I'm genuinely asking you. Just having, just putting a bee in the bonnet, getting Celtic away again without saying they're at home, we'll just send them away again. So, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer, Gordon. You're putting me in a position, what does it achieve? I'll tell you what it achieves. It, achieves it. it could be somebody anti-Celtic, as you said, I'm going to send them away again. Why? Well, that's but, it. That, John, look, look, don't let me put words in your mouth, but my interpretation of what you are saying, and you say you yeah. shoot from the hip, what yeah. you are saying is that someone within the SPFL yeah. is trying to sabotage Celtic winning the league title and that's why I said to you at the outset they're not making a great job of it because in six mm, of those seven seasons Celtic have won the league title what, So what I would say John is is again you flip it I, I totally agree that it is very strange that they've, they've had seven um, away fixtures in a row but they do have an extra day ahead of the old firm game to recover Rangers playing the 27 Celtic playing the 26 the old firm game's on the 30th so for me, that then puts the advantage of the old firm game see in I, Celtic. See if I get position. calls from Rangers fans saying no, that... No, I'm, that, I'm that, just that, making that, the point. I'm, I'm flipping I was it. about to say, if I get calls now to say that this fixture change is actually to suit Celtic ahead of the old firm game, um, what what does seem, I don't know, weird, inexplicable, that John's right, I mean, and Brendan Rodgers has said it, seven years in a row, yep. the, the immediate Strange. fixture. But then on the flip side, because John was the one that, that referenced Rangers fixtures, Rangers are always away... The fixture immediately before Christmas. Okay, uh-huh. and this is the one that's caused the stushy today because the Motherwell game's been moved for TV. But last year Rangers went to I think it was at Dingwall on the twenty third. So Rangers always seem to play away the game just before Christmas, yep. and Celtic play away the game just after. Celtic Christmas. and Rangers fans, and I have lived in this city all of my life. Celtic and Rangers fans believe these things are done deliberately to sabotage them. And John is firmly in that camp. He believes that, that, that there's overwhelming proof now. And as soon as Brendan Rogers used the word tricks mm. today, I knew what would follow. John believes, and the Celtic fans will believe, that it's deliberate in the hope that it trips up Celtic and that they lose a, an away league game immediately before they play Rangers. No, but it's not always about playing Rangers, I suppose. I think it's just the fixture after. Um, uh, John, let me ask you then, the fact that Rangers then always play away, they're always a, they're always away from home just before Christmas. Is that is that the same thing or is that different? Or? Are they seven years? Can you check that? Are they seven I years think, as well? Yeah, I think pretty much. I mean, I, I don't know if it's exactly, but I think it's pretty you much... Find it, I think you'll probably find it's four or five. Right, but <sighs> five and seven. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay, right, right. right okay, if that is the case, John, if Rangers have played away for the last five years, do you think that's the same or is it different? Different. Okay, <laughs> straight answer. Right off the bat, based on what? <laughs> can you tell me another? Can you tell me how many fixtures has Rangers had at home the house? Don't know. You're going to tell me though. <laughs> John, with the fixtures coming out, does that give you uh, Celtic fans an advantage um, for the old firm game because you've got an extra day to recover? By the way, he's no, on to something, John. Well, you've you, you played the game at uh, the level. I don't think it's an extra day. I don't think that... For me, uh, Cammy, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think... 
I don't think an extra day does any difference if you've got your mindset. I don't think an extra day to recover, but I will recover from what? From the game, obviously both teams will have a fixture You're and, and athletes, Cammy, come on, you're athletes, my man You should be ready for the game Recovery is... is <laughs> well, is, Brendan <laughs> Rodgers has spent today discussing uh, Seven games in 21 days And the, the, the problems that that creates for athletes Because uh, they're human beings, John I just shouted back at him They're athletes, my man, Brendan He didn't take it that well, funnily well. enough But anyway, we're extremely late for Beat the Pundit Let's play Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Right, it is Beat the Pundit time. If you want to play against one of these two, you have to call now before 7 o'clock. So 0141 951 1025 and your chance to beat the pundits next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell are here at so one four one nine five one one zero two five or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, we have been looking back on Rangers' result and performance uh, last night. That is the on the pitch stuff. There's a lot of other things going on with uh, injuries being bemoaned by Philippe Clement. Some interesting stuff on Graham Souness opening up about the recruitment process and his part in it and who he gave the edge to. Uh, and it wasn't Philippe Clement. We've had Celtic fans on uh, looking at the performance on Wednesday there's an injury to Rio Hatati everyone it seems is unhappy with different elements of the fixture scheduling Celtic fans Brendan Rodgers Motherwell and Rangers both combining uh, to be unhappy about moving the festive fixture between the sides as well Aberdeen fans I've seen you there are a few phoning in angry at last night so we'll get you on very soon as well but let's play this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion Online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. Connor is on the line. How's it going, Connor? Hi, Gordon. I'm good, you? Not bad, thank you. Have you ever played before? No. Good, that's just the way we like it. It's 3 1 to the pundits this week. Roger on Monday, Marvin on Wednesday, Mark last night, but Simon did lose on Tuesday. So let's see. Um, this is a landmark one. The pundits are going for their 50th win of the season. Oh, apparently. There we go. The stat you never needed to know. Uh, <laughs> Connor, do you usually do all right when you play at home? Uh, can I miss? <laughs> okay. I think Friday's an easy night. Don't tell these two I said that. But anyway, heads it is you, Kevin's. Or was it a Friday you got your 10, though? Yeah, yeah, it was. I was next time when he got his 10, yeah. You could be the lucky omen then. Yeah. It back. Did you hear that someone sent in a commemorative mug with all of his correct answers from that night? Oh, yeah. amazing. A great keepsake, oh, isn't it? Amazing. Anyway, uh, heads it will be Hugh, tails it will be Cammy Bell, who's been sunning himself in Tenerife, so maybe he's taken his eye off the ball. But it's Hugh Keevens It's oh. Hugh against Connor So we give Hugh some greatest hits radio to listen to Nice and loud Connor, you have 30 seconds You've never played before But I'm sure you know the drill Answer as many as you can If you want to pass and just move on to the next one You can do that, okay? Cheers, Gordon, thanks Right, let's go then Your 30 seconds is on the clock And your time starts now Name any Scottish side Kelly and Sheridan played for after Celtic St Johnson Who's the only player in the last Scotland's men's squad Who's never been capped? Pass. Who left Rangers for a club in Saudi Arabia in August? Rankin. Who's the top scorer in European competition for a Scottish club this season? Aberdeen. From which English Premier League club did Motherwell sign Mika Bireth on loan? Uh, Stoke. Who's the only Premiership side in Scotland who have not drawn a game this season? Um. 
Dundee. Okay, let's bring back Hugh Evans. Can you hear us? Yes. Good. Same set of questions. Um, quite hard tonight, you know. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, your time starts now. Name any Scottish side Kelly and Sheridan played for after Celtic. St Johnston. Who is the only player in the last Scotland's men's squad who's never been capped? Pass. Who left Rangers for a club in Saudi Arabia in August? Um, pass. Who is the top scorer in European competition for a Scottish side this season? Uh, From which English Premier League side did Motherwell sign Mika Bireth on loan? Um, West Ham. Who are the only Scottish Premiership side who've not drawn a game this season? Rangers. Okay. Connor, what do you think? Oh, I didn't go well. I think he's done me there. Well, I think they were <laughs> tough, though. I think you're about to yeah. hear that the score line was close. <laughs> tough set. And low, right? Which suggests it was tough. Um, any Scottish side that Kelly and Sheridan played for after at Celtic, he's nearly as many as Cammy Bell, but Kelly. not quite. I played with him at Kelly. Motherwell, St Johnston, Kilmarnock, Dundee, and Inverness. So you both got it. 1 all. This was tough, just kind of off the top of your head stuff. Not for me, but because um, I would be particularly interested in this one. The only player in the last Scotland's men's squad who's never been capped. He was called in late, Max Johnson. Oh, tough though. Tough. I think that's yep. tough. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in you both. Fashion Sakala, Sakala left Rangers yep. for Saudi Arabia. Uh, none of you got it. The top scorer in European competition for a Scottish side. Uh, Connor just misheard me completely and said Aberdeen um, I was looking for a player you said Kyogo who was wrong it's Miovsky uh, uh, he's got four so it's one all Mika Bireth is on loan at Motherwell from Arsenal oh. none of you got it Connor you were giving me teams not even in the English Premier League <laughs> and Hugh Keevans didn't get it either so after what's that five questions it's one all and let's be honest, you both just guessed this last one. Who's the only Scottish Premiership side who've not drawn a game this season? Was that a guess, Hugh Keevans? Yes. Yeah, was that a guess, Connor? It was, yeah. Connor said Dundee, Hugh said Rangers. Connor, it is Rangers. Oh, I'm absolutely Hugh. devastated. <laughs> the <laughs> ugliest win of all time. It's like the bot is in off the backside. I thought you were going to say the ugliest contestant. No, oh, I'd, <laughs> never, I'd never. But a win's I mean, a win, yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. He's just guessed out of nowhere. Oh, and he's... Hit right at the end My heart I was breaks going to you. say Celtic And then I remember Celtic Nelson St Johnston <sighs> Connor listen, Better to be lucky than good That's what I've, that's all I've got to say to him no, Gordon. Thanks Connor Good man That was Connor and Aberdeen His first time It didn't go well He's lost in the worst fashion Honestly See A perfect 10 And now the 50th <laughs> Pundit on. win This is a special season for me Oh, that was grim. That was grim, I must say. Anyway, right, 01419511025. That is the number you need. You can tweet us as well, at Clyde SSB, if you can get in touch with us. Um, Aberdeen fans, I see you. I see you phoning in with your anger, so we'll do it. We'll do it soon, and if there are any more of you out there, keep phoning, please. Um, let's hear from Ross, who's a Celtic fan on the line. How's it going, Ross? Hi Gordon, here at Cammy, hope you're all well Yeah, not yeah, bad Ross. Ross Everyone's been quite optimistic about Celtic's performance the other night And I don't get much info on the caller But my quick glance at my screen suggests you're not as happy uh, No, um, I think in terms of all the, the positives we, we played well for 45 minutes, I get that and I take that on board But if we look at the campaign as a whole here We're still not winning a game We're sitting bottom with one point So the way I look at it is we're, we're, we're basically heading for another failed campaign again and Celtic dressed this up is that we're back in the Champions League we're back with the big boys 
Let's be honest, we're only there for six games and we're back out of that Europe. We, 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 we have not competed in, I would say, any of the games. Now, I know people will come on and say the Lazio game. Right, OK, the Lazio game, you could say we, we competed for parts of the game. But overall, we never won the game, so that's that's how we're judged. But those not be two. But those not be two different things, though. Because I mean, you're right. If you were to say results tell you Celtic are rubbish in the Champions League group stages, based on results, I I couldn't form an argument. But if we're talking about competing in games, you don't think Celtic have competed in any of their Champions League games this season? I think for, for for spells, but for the majority of the game, well, we have not dominated the game. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Right, okay, but then, but dominated is a is a good step up from competed, isn't it? And you could say they probably have dominated bits of Lazio, bits of of Atletico Madrid, no? It's a slight improvement, Gordon. I would say, but I would uh, the way I look at it, and I, I, I don't speak for every Celtic fan, but the way I'm looking at it is, I just think it's looking as if it's going to be another field campaign mm. in Europe. That's the way I look And at again, it. Hugh, that that I can't argue with, but I do oh. feel like those are two different things. I thought there was a naivety uh, against the Feyenoord first time out, mm-hmm. finishing with nine men. I thought they, you know, they've had the the dreaded VAR, and it's cost Louis Palmer uh, in the game against the Lazio. Uh, I thought. I've used the word earlier on tonight. I thought the breathtaking first half against Atletico Madrid. Um, I, at the start of the group, said that Atletico, Lazio, and Feyenoord, three words came to mind trouble, trouble, and trouble. Mm. And Kenny Miller had a kind of laugh at me for negativity. But I honestly thought that Celtic would finish the group with one point. And I thought it would come in the last match at Celtic Park against Feyenoord. So they've got one point ahead of schedule for me. And, you know, I I think Ross has been harsh on them. They've competed reasonably well. Uh, But for me, when you've got a team from uh, Madrid, uh, a team from uh, La Liga, a team from Serie A, and, uh, you know, a Feyenoord side who come from a very good league. I thought Celtic were always odds on to finish bottom. I mean, Cammy, maybe I'm just getting hung up on, you know, making sure Ross has been very careful with his language, right? Maybe I'm overdoing it, but I just feel there's a difference between that word com- competing. If we're talking about within games, Celtic yep. compete within the games. Yep. But Ross is right. Like, if they finish bottom on one point, you can't really, you can't bum that up too much. No, you can, but I, I do feel as if there is a progression there. Certainly within the group, um, I think the Feyenoord game, I agree with you, they were a little bit naive. They, there was big decisions went against them in that game, um, big calls that, that played a huge part in the outcome. Then you look at the Lazio goal, game, the, the Pedro goal on 90 plus 5 is an absolute killer blow, I think. If Celtic were sitting here today and they had a draw against Lazio at home and they had a draw against Madrid, they would be in a much happier place. Um, so it's small margins we're still talking about. Um, they've, they've definitely competed in all games and I think they'll be looking back thinking we should have more points on the board. Madrid have only lost one game this season. That's how good a side they are. So we're talking about the top, top sides in European football. Um, and, and I think Celtic will look back at the, the game the mm. other night and think they maybe could have took more from it. Is the, damage, is the problem with it, Ross, the damage is done and maybe the you know, Feyenoord, Lazio, in isolation, that, that the other night, that's, that's an acceptable, more than that Champions League night, isn't it? You play that way and you draw the game, but you're right, the, the points total doesn't, you know, doesn't make for good reading. Well, definitely, and I, I, I kind of get where Cammy and who are coming from. In, in terms of the other night, Atletico, right, okay, you can take them out of the equation. They are 
a top top side. But the other two, I think Celtic Celtic want to be known as this big European club and they want to play in, in the top levels. Celtic need to go and be beating teams like Lazio. And I think Fire Nord Celtic should be beating them. I know people come back and shoot me down and flamed and say, Well, Lazio or a Serie A team let's be honest. They weren't the great margins. No. They weren't the that great at Celtic Park, and Celtic should be beating a team like that. I think. But but I, I, I'd yeah, agree with you. Got to agree yeah. with points of that. Like, if you're going to be in the Champions League, you can't just always because you're going to you're going to have teams from La Liga. You're going to have teams yeah. from Serie A. I, I when you watch Lazio, Celtic need to be able to beat them at home. The, the overall embarrassment for Celtic, and Ross will feel this too. No wins at home in ten years. Uh, that 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 should be unacceptable for a club of Celtic size. Um, the, the, the model, as Celtic always call it, is to buy players like Katati, whoever you care to mention over the last 10, 12 years, buy small, sell big. And I don't think that you can establish yourself in Europe again. As I say, they were terrific against the Atletico Madrid, but the overall picture is mm. that Celtic are making money on good players that they have spotted and then sold on. And I don't think that they, they will be in a position to be up to Champions League speed so long as that's the policy. And yet, if you were to watch the other night, did Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo look out of place? Absolutely not. And that, that you know, if you can keep doing that, listen, it's, they'll be sold as it, well. It's fine no, margins. No, they, they were that, you know, as a yep. one player signed yep. for a million and a half. Yeah. So you, if you'd said when Matt O'Reilly signed, say, well, he's not going to he's not going to compete for you in the Champions yeah. League. Totally. That's the point Honestly for me Watching Celtic It's fine margins In in Champions League football For them It's it's big moments in the game I refer back to the Feyenoord game There's a big moment A penalty decision in that game That changes the complex of the game The Lazio game That's the Mm. one they'll be kicking So they should be taking a point At least away from that When you're you're 90 plus minutes It's one all You come away with at least a point at home You're not getting anything From a Champions League game Away from home If you get two players sent off Absolutely I mean that's just not happening is it? No And and again Brendan Rodgers will look look at that And learn from that Again I'm pretty sure The next away game They might approach it Slightly differently They'll be more disciplined That they can't lose any players On the pitch Because these teams are Top level size And if you want to compete You need of 11 players on the pitch How big a blow is This absence of Rio Hitati Or do you do think That um, the, the, the You know There's a chance For Paulo Bernardo As an example To to step up I think In terms of Getting an injury I, I, I thought Well I might I see him go off After 5 minutes I, I did I feared, I feared the worst But Bernardo looked Bernardo look good but again it just goes in game time I think we just need to give him a chance see how he does but in terms of the performance of the night I can't kind of fault the guy I thought he did well um, so hopefully we get another good performance out on, uh, tomorrow at Easter Road and as I say hopefully Celtic, Celtic kick on tomorrow and get another three points on the board Well theoretically you know the, Paolo Bernardo could have the jersey for the next four, five, six weeks uh, so he'll get his chance or perhaps uh, Thiago Holm will get a chance or whatever else Brendan Rodgers has up his sleeve because I think there will be a, a, a little bit of rotation in this uh, seven game 21 day period it's the only way that mm-hmm. Brendan Rodgers or any other manager can approach that he has the luxury of having a bigger squad than most quite a change though because this season is still in its infancy this season started with David Turnbull preferred to Rio Hatati um, and if you the, the natural next step would be that that order gets gets flipped fine which you would see so 
it seems like Turnbull's now gone from you know being preferred to Hitati then to presumably Hitati's replacement to what behind Bernardo and Iwata it seems to have shifted quite quickly yeah and uh, it's a strange one for me um, I, I felt as if you're right Gordon that it would probably just be the natural replacement that Turnbull would step into that role and, and take that role on but again Brendan Rodgers has seen these players in training seeing how they're performing um, and obviously he believes that Bernardo deserves the opportunity and, and he, he, he was a good performer the other night he had a, a, had a decent performance in for his first game in a long time and I think he'll he'll build on that and he'll be looking to, to try and grasp this opportunity while he's got it Thanks Ross, so 141951 If there's any Aberdeen anger out there Maybe we could do that Because that was a decision so bad I think Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141951 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans are in the building On your Friday night Clyde One Super Scoreboard We have plenty of time left to get your calls in uh, Whether it is on Midweek European football, weekends football coming up, fixture grumbles, whatever it is, we are here for you. So get your calls into us. Uh, let me give you to a question. Oh. Mm-hmm. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Call Robert Accident Repair with higher cars on the bench to keep you in the game during repairs. There we are, can be a technical difficulty on oh, a Friday yes. night. I thought I, you were two were getting away early. I could go and get a screwdriver. I could help you. No, you couldn't. Have you seen this thing? <laughs> Look at that, honestly. Look at the Nokia. <laughs> uh, anyway, right, let's forget the dramatic music. That's where the problems arise. Uh, thanks to our friends at Full-Time um, at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride for helping us out with the full-time teaser. Uh, Richard in East Kilbride, funnily enough, sent this one in. It's a simple one. Can you name the last 10 players to score for Scotland men at a major tournament? Can you name the last 10 players to score for Scotland's men's team at a major tournament? Simple. Uh, Cal- Simple. Callum McGregor. Yes. Cammy? Um, Gary McAllister. No, he is actually. Oh, yes. Sorry, sorry. Dived in. Dived um, John Collins Yes Okay we'll leave it there Because I think you're going to Scoosh this Thank you to Richard And East Kilbride For sending it to Full time At Clyde1.com uh, That is the address you need If you want to send them in And please do It's great good fun It just comes at the end of the show You try and trick the pundits You try and come up uh, With the question And watch them toil Now you can literally watch them You should just have to listen to it um, but you can see the confusion on their wee faces uh, when they try and come up with the answers to your questions. So please do keep sending them in. Keith is on the line. Now, Keith is an Aberdeen fan uh, in Kirk and Tillock. As far as sore defeats go, Keith, where does that one rank? Uh, right up there, Gordon. Uh, first of all, I'm sorry to apologise for the uh, gate crash in the old firm phone uh, <laughs> tonight. But, I asked uh, for you Aberdeen sorry. fans earlier on and you have delivered that is not a problem indeed uh, yeah it was a sore one uh, it's still very sore for a number of reasons obviously the the highlight uh, apart from what was an exceptional performance particularly in the second half apart from the last 10 minutes or so where we capitulated big time unfortunately after the substitutions uh we lost that goal and then an extraordinary decision for a non-penalty with no VAR uh, 
follow up to that is just beyond me. Having watched it several times, it's just incredible. If that had been one of the bigger teams, the Man Cities of this world, there'd have been an absolute outrage, and it's just gone right under the radar. Uh, and it's just absolutely dreadful. Well, let's let's, let's, let's give it. Let's give it the outrage it deserves. Oh, like there's obviously a, there is always going to be a supply and demand element to those points. I hear that a lot, you know, on on here. And it is it's so true? Obviously, if Celtic and Rangers are involved in something yep. at a weekend compared to St Mirren or, or Motherwell, it is bigger. Anyway, it is as bad as they come that penalty decision, Without, isn't uh, it? First of all, we look at the human being involved. How the referee doesn't spot it mm-hmm. uh, that shows sure. them up. To have had a, mm-hmm. a very bad game I only know what I read I read that he, the referee Kicked in the referee's door At Pataudry uh, after the game Which for me Would suggest that he knew That he'd had a shocking night But then for VAR not to intervene I find that Inexplicable yeah. I mean everything's checked right oh, yep. You know I'll always say this and I, I think you know they go down as silent checks those ones obviously we think of things being checked when when someone goes over to the monitor which clearly doesn't happen Um, there's just too much of this type like how how last night Cammy because I think people who listen to this show know um, I'd always try and at least kind of make sense of it or at least try and understand how a decision is reached but can we assume surely the ref hasn't been shown all of the correct angles on that because the, there's no way that the you, VR, eh, sorry, yep. the VR hasn't been shown all the correct angles. Because otherwise, there's just no way that doesn't doesn't go to the monitor. But they should be. I mean, ultimately, they should be um, seeing every angle that's that's possible for them. I think is it eight cameras they have and or nine cameras they have in European games. I'm not sure. It's more than we have in domestic games, anyways. But yeah, listen, it, it's a huge error um, for. Aberdeen, um, they, they felt the brunt of it. it. For me, it's a definite penalty. Whether the referee can't see it through um, players, I'm not sure. Well, that's why VR's there. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh's right. It does reflect on the ref, but at the same time, totally. refs make mistakes. Absolutely. And, and that's why we brought VR. Clear and obvious errors. And as you said, every penalty incident should get checked, whether it's a silent check in the background. But for me, the, the warning sign was that there was no delay in play. There was no hold the play up um, in the referee's sure. ear. And that was that's a big, big error for me that they should be looking at that because they can see all the players claiming for it, the, the, the bench is claiming for it. So the VAR should be looking and saying, right, we've got an incident here. We need to make sure this is correct decision uh, on field that the referee's not give it. Are we backing him? But it's absolutely the wrong decision. It's one of the biggest shockers I've seen. And we give our, our, our referees stick in mm-hmm. this country. And then you look at the European refs, some of the ones in, in the Aberdeen game, I was disappointed with some of his decisions, but the VAR decision was really poor. A referee in the Rangers game was poor yeah. again. So, uh, again, I think we give our referees a little bit too much stick in this country. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that ours are, are brilliant, Hugh, but what I will no. say is if, we do, if I hear one more call about how we need to fly refs in from yeah. elsewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. all I'll say is... Where? Because take the last couple. Every time I watch an international, yeah. back to Scotland, Spain. Let's not go there, right? How bad was he? Aside from the full yeah, McTominay yeah. incident, horrendous. Terrible. The referee in the Rangers game last night, terrible. And then we've got Keith on. Um, Keith, that oh, it does. It plays a massive part. It, it, it is a game-defining decision. What did Aberdeen do wrong? What, what could they have done within their own control? Oh, I think the second most significant thing was the non-impact to the substitutes. And obviously, Robson decided for, you know, maybe semi-obvious reasons to bring on three substitutes. But that had 
a really negative impact. We lost the momentum in the game. Uh, they got the goal back, and it was downhill from there. Uh, I say we were exceptional in that second half. We, we, we the tactics were really good. Uh, we were first to every ball. They didn't know what to do. They are a good team, a very good team. Uh, but we completely outplayed them that same half. And then when the substitutes came on, we lost the momentum in the game completely. That's the thing about subs. You know, the, if the three subs had come on and had completed Aberdeen's night, by winning the game, then Barry Robson's a tactical genius. He brings on three, they do nothing. And Barry Robson's judgment is called into question. Uh, I think it's a, a combination of many things, and it's no consolation to Keith or any other Aberdeen fan. But the VAR incident one day a club is going to take an association to court over something like this because I don't know about that because it's just a, it's just a shift in. You know, before referee would do you with a bad decision, now yep. someone else gets another look. They just shift. It's just a, it's a set of eyes, and they shift the decision making process. I don't think it. It's the it's the the depth of the loss for Aberdeen. You know, they, they had the, the penalty been awarded, and had Aberdeen scored. You know, the penalties get awarded. It's not the same exactly. as awarded yeah. a goal, but had Aberdeen scored from the penalty that should have been awarded they'd have won the game and you know it's the ramifications it's I, I agree with Keith though I think one of the big big turning points in last night's game was the substitutions to be yeah. perfectly honest Connor Balance should have never came off the pitch see unless his leg was hanging off he should have never been substituted he's got such an influence for Aberdeen he's, a, he's got so much energy about him he gets up out the pitch he makes it difficult for players he's a good ball playing footballer as well and they brought him off Majofsky comes off he's a He's a focal point up front. They've got He's the top scorer him. in European competition for Scottish oh, Absolutely. Clubs They're replacing you know. with Duke, who is a different type of player. And I just think he got his substitutions absolutely wrong. And, and listen, we've all seen what the outcome was. Does that reflect particularly badly on the manager, Keith? Well, I think the outcome does, unfortunately. You know, you do it for the best reasons. But uh, you're right. I mean... Uh, Connor Barn was the best player on the pitch for the 90 minutes, particularly the second half. Malorski is one of Aberdeen's best players. The legs certainly hadn't gone, but you know he makes, makes, makes his decision, lives by them, and that really did us at the end of the, the day. Yeah, thank you very much to Keith. Tony is on the line as well. Tony, Connor Barron coming off, was that an issue for you? Hello there. Good evening, panel. Good evening to you all. How are you doing? Good, 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 Tony. Hi. Um, I read on the Don's website today, Baron signaled to come off because he said he was spent. That's... Hmm. Mate, listen, opinion. maybe. I, I was, I'm a bit wary uh, of that, but I, I don't know. I but don't know. It didn't I look like it, it, I have to no, say. He said, Maybe it's a lie, I don't know. And then the Dandy Dons that said he signaled to the bench he wanted to come off, I don't know. Listen, maybe. Um, what did you make of that but, refereeing uh, decision? It was an absolute joke, mate. What else can you say about it? And a shocker, the fella should be put out. It's, it's as bad as the decision for Scotland Spain the other week. Like, actually, I mean, arguably, it's worse. It is worse because the Scotland uh, thing can we, be explained. You know, yeah. we've, we spoke about this yeah. at the time. That was more the process. And if you're telling us that's offside, okay, you, I think we can all be brave enough to put your hands up and admit that's fine. Um, but is, does that fall into the category? Um, because we all kid ourselves on every Saturday on here, every Monday, someone will use language like "it's the worst decision I've ever seen," and and it it never is. You know, it's always like in your in, in, split opinion. 
think you struggle to find anyone who didn't think that was a penalty to Aberdeen last oh, night. You would struggle. Like, genuinely, apart, yeah. apart from like with inherent bias in there. The, the, the trouble with VAR, or one of the problems with VAR, um, you know, I, I thought Ross County were done out of a, a legitimate goal against Dundee midweek, VAR decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at games now, I looked at the Louis Palmer's uh, second goal, or his first goal, Celtic's second goal against Liverpool Madrid, and I thought... I wonder how they'll manage to co- to disallow this goal. It does start getting in your head, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, you start to think, I mean, it's a perfectly good goal, wonderful goal, but you're now conditioned to thinking, I wonder how they can shock this off. And, you know, th- that's a problem. But with regard to the penalty, as I say, you have to, I deal with the human being first and then the machine and the man operating the machine and the, it's just not good enough to be a referee who doesn't spot that very obvious penalty and give it I flip it and look at the Aberdeen decision last night and I actually think how can he give that like what what yeah. is he seeing that, that that isn't a penalty kick because everything I see the movement um, of the player towards the Aberdeen player the, the lack of touch on the ball all these things point to it being a penalty I just would like to see what the guy in the VAR is seeing that saying that that isn't a penalty um, I mean overall Tony, does it? I'm sure you've been proud of elements of the performance, but the substitutions, the, the way there was a bit of a capitulation aside from the refereeing decision, does any of that frustrate you? It was a bit. I think we were very naive. We're not used to this standard of football, and to be fair, they've got a lot bigger budget than us, and they did beat Hearts 6 1 or 6 2. And that was a f- better result than I expected, to be honest. So. Mm. Not with, um, not with 17 minutes to no, go or whatever no. it was though that's not the problem with 17 minutes to go it wasn't no I, I think the tactics Robson was a bit naive that was to make three subs at that time was naive and it, it adds to the pressure for Sunday Tony you know Kilmarnock yeah. away you, you've got, you got to pick up weak points uh, better than you have been doing since the season started so uh, you know there's a lot of disappointment to go over but no time for self-pity. The old coefficient's falling off a cliff, hasn't it? Remember, we used to uh, celebrate these things on a Thursday night. <laughs> Taking an absolute kick. <laughs> well, you see, you know, the, the, the Celtic game was thrilling. And I think uh, there's honour in a draw against Atletico Madrid, even in your own place, because they are such quality opposition. Yeah, what, did we, what was it? Would you say three or four World Cup winners in the starting? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I think it was that, I can't remember. We counted them the other night. And Rangers, the, the, the draw in Prague is a decent result for a variety of reasons, not the least of which being that for an hour they weren't very good. So that's a that's a decent result. Aberdeen, that's just a good old-fashioned Scottish folly. Mm. Bend down to get the medal placed round your neck and somebody kicks you up the backside. <laughs> I'm sure that will make Keith and Tony feel much better about things. Thank you both on 01419511025 um, with a bit of frustration, anger, disappointment at various elements of Aberdeen's loss last night. Uh, Richard has sent a very straightforward question for you this evening. Can you name the last 10 players to score for Scotland's men's team at a major tournament? Callum McGregor, most recently. John Collins and Gary McAllister. Craig Burley. Uh-huh, France 9-8 Cam 8 um, Archie Gemmell Not in the last 10, nope Okay I feel like Cammy's a younger man He's going to have to rely on you quite yeah. a bit here Right, so uh, well, There is still one from the Cammy Bell era Of watching football, I would imagine Just about Okay How old are you? 
37. You, sh you should remember this. Okay. Just. What's the first major tournament you remember Scotland at? 98. Is it? Aye. You get a bad memory, you don't remember <laughs> Euro 96. Aye, yeah, I do remember 96, <laughs> aye. Oh. Because I'm younger than you and I remember Euro 96. Yeah, I do remember Just. Euro 96 now. Just though. Come on. Coist great, yeah, great goal as well. Uh, right, okay, we'll get the rest after these. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's show with Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans. They are trying their best to come up with the answers to this question sent in by Richard and East Kilbride. Uh, can you name the last 10 players to score for Scotland men's team at a major tournament? Callum McGregor, most recently. Craig Burley, John Collins, Ali McCoist, Gary McAllister. That's what you've got so far. Uh, which Are you halfway there? You've got five to get. Um, I can see Matthews come in on Twitter with two of the ones you're looking for still. Gordon Strachan. Yeah, that's the furthest back. So that's against West Germany. Mexico, 86. And my other guess is... At Italia 90, Stuart McCall. Yes, absolutely. Good year. Okay, clue time. You're looking for one more from that same game against Sweden, Italia 90. And you're looking for two from the game against CIS at Euro 92, in which you already got Gary McAllister. Yeah. So two other goal scorers from that day and one uh, from the Sweden game. Frank McAvenny in there anyway? If I told you the Sweden game, I think, according to Richard, was a penalty. That make Can any difference to you? Probably not. Um, Probably not. Okay, we can get back to that before the end. We've got Friday night football uh, in a couple of different formats. Um, big night for Pedro Martinez Losa's Scotland women's team away in the first part of a doubleheader against the Netherlands in the Nations League. Really need to pick something up. Um, of course, with that narrow defeat against England, snatched a draw. Um, at home to Belgium and I've got this double header against the Netherlands so that's just kicking off around about now uh, they come back to Hamden on Tuesday um, so if there's anything happening in the early stages they are not too far away though cracking game that in the championship tonight isn't it well both of them are but for us with our Glasgow in the West hats on Queen's Park against Partick Thistle well terrific um Partick Thistle 5-0 loss at home to Dundee mm. United that's a savage defeat uh, so they'll, they'll want to get back on the horse tonight uh, but Queen's Park you know they, they, they are contenders they're, they're like Partick Thistle they're looking to try and get out of that league so it'll be a marvellous old nostalgic occasion a Glasgow derby you know the championship inside out Cammy Bell yep. you watch a lot of it that's a, it's a cracking card overall but like I say for us here in this part of the country it's a good one tonight yeah it is um, again Partick will be hugely disappointed Chris Doolan was, was massively disappointed after the game and such a hammering defeat against Dundee United and Queen's Park haven't started the season very well this season there's been obviously changing manager over the summer and it's just not hit the ground running as they were last season they were so close as well uh, so whether that's damaged some of the youngsters because they do have a very very young side but it will be a cracking match tonight and it's great to see some some Friday night football to see if it gets the fans out there listen forget forget the first team the real Partick Thistle result you're looking for tonight in the Friday night is that the under 18s under their new gaffer oh. have stormed to a 3-1 win against Ross County there the Christ are. and Klopp they're calling him ah well manager of the month honestly must be in the post just goes in there and makes a just makes an impact to Mark Wilson that's what we were, that's what we were hoping he would do he's gone straight in 
win They've been having a tough season There you go A 3-1 win on the night Congratulations Mushroom I think he'll be in here tomorrow With his Partick Thistle tracksuit oh, yeah, yeah, Milking yeah, it yeah, for yeah. all it's worth Brilliant I can just imagine um, I'll, but yeah, su- I'll surprise him the Dundee United um, also in action as well tonight like we said Cammy. so you know it's how do they follow on from the big one against Thistle and how did Thistle bounce back from being on the, the wrong end of it yeah um, Dundee United's a huge game for them tonight again Arbroath started the season slow um, but now they've really kicked on and it's always a difficult game against Dick Campbell's side uh, they always fight hard it's a, it's a little bit of a sort of derby up there um, too close side uh, so but Jim Goodwin's got Dundee United kind of going well at the moment and it seems as if it, he's got a settled side and um, they'll be looking to try and kick on because they're firm favourites for that um, title this season you look at the quality that he's got Gammy yeah. you know, Louis Moult up front Tony Watt uh, Declan Gallagher at the back you know it's only uh, a matter of a year or so ago that Declan Gallagher was in the Scotland squad yeah I think what he has done though as well he's, he's got players he knows again he, and players that have played in the championship mm-hmm. even look like Kevin Holt who scored the hat trick last weekend um, he's a player that's played in the oh, championship oh. so so long um, so he knows what it's all about he knows how hard it is and difficult it is and I think Jim Goodwin's recruitment has been really really good quick whistle stop tour of what's coming up tomorrow obviously we've spoken about Celtic at relative length and injury to Rio Hatati and lots of impressive um, opinions from the, the Atletico Madrid performance can you see Hibs causing them any issues well you know you concern yourself I know one of the earlier callers said ah they're athletes should be able to play every day but there was a tremendous physical effort put into the Atletico mm-hmm. Madrid game and you wonder uh, what effect that might have on Celtic uh, tomorrow but Hibs will need to be a bit more yeah. at it than they were at Ibrox then though won't they I think I think they were a little bit naive I think um, Montgomery was a little bit naive going into that game and how open he was and he said his team listen you need to give the old firm a little bit of respect you still need to approach the game and try and win the game but also you need to be mm-hmm. wary defensively because they were far too open you can't afford to be too dogmatic you know this is the way I play this is my yeah. philosophy yeah. he has to bear in mind that people will say that's all very well but you've just been turned over by yep. Rangers. If you play the same way against Celtic and you get turned over again, then your philosophy is questionable. It feels like a long time since Motherwell played. There was a cancellation last week um, at home to Ross County, Cami, which all of a sudden feels like that. It's actually quite a high-pressure pr- high game, that, because played really well in three games but lost every one of them and yep. you go okay well Rangers and Celtic fine uh, and really good against St Mirren but yep. lost that okay then lost against Livingston as well a home game against Ross County not one that the fans will allow you to go five defeats in a row in almost turns into a must win um, which is mental mm-hmm. because we've been praising Motherwell for, for so long for as you say the performances have been brilliant St Mirren game absolutely played them off the pitch and, and lost that game um, so yeah it's, it's, uh, it's a big game for Motherwell and Stuart Kettlewell but listen if they if they get back to where they were they were poor against Livingston they didn't perform that day and I think everyone realised that um, but I think Stuart Kettlewell will be a little bit frustrated with the length of time that he's not had a game because he would have wanted to get back on the pitch after that Livingston performance because it wasn't it wasn't the, the Motherwell that was seen under Stuart Kettlewell Yeah and of course the battle of the Saints and Paisley sort of contrasting starts to the season St Mirren will be massive favourites going into that one won't they? Yeah. Should be I mean, the, the the only problem they have is that uh, they come out of the international break and immediately were unable to play because of the weather. Uh, so they've been hanging fire for a while now. 
Uh, we'll see what effect, if any, that has on them. But uh, St Johnston are bottom of the league for a reason. Yeah, St Johnston are struggling. They need the result, though, so they're getting a little bit desperate at the moment. Um, I think that's one. St Mirren have been going so well, it will be difficult, but... Listen, they, they need the results St Johnson. They need it to turn at some point or, or it's going to be a long, hard season for them. Yeah, Livy Dundee is the other one, of course. Um, just feels like two teams that will be perfectly satisfied with their start to the season. Not a lot really to separate them. Is that a fair, um, a fair way of billing that one? Yeah, I think it'll be a very physical encounter at, at Livingston. Livingston are probably slight favourites being at home. Um, Two points better off. Yeah, with a Dundee game have had hand. a good start. Yeah, Listen, they have, they've played yeah. some good football, but I think they'll have to mix it up tomorrow. I think there'll be that physical element that, that Livingston bring to their home games and Dundee will need to match that before they can go and play the football because I've seen Dundee a few times this season. They have played some some nice, attractive football, but tomorrow will be a difficult task. Can't really bother yourself with... The certain elements of the league table yet can you Hugh I mean between 4th and 11th 3 points yeah 4th and 11th and it got to that it, it, it had that feel for quite a while last season um, but that's, that's if you're nothing, a, is it? if you're an optimist you say well that shows a good competitive league if you're a pessimist mm-hmm. you say well that proves they're much of a muchness half the league's much of a muchness uh, well, it's going to be a good day anyway. I've got faith. We will be here from two until six with Mark Wilson. If he's not gone out and celebrating that Partick Thistle under-18s win too much, he'll be here uh, along with Gordon DL um, and Hugh Keevens in the studio. Top team round the grounds as well tomorrow. So let's try and round off this teaser. Thanks again to Richard and East Kilbride. Thanks to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions, East Kilbride. Other towns in Scotland are available. Uh, can you name the last ten players to score for Scotland at a major tournament? The men's team, Callum McGregor, Craig Burley, John Collins, Ali McCoist, Gary McAllister, Stuart McCall and Gordon Strachan. Right, so somebody scored a penalty against Sweden. Mm-hmm. I've wrote one name down. Go for it. it. Mo Johnson? Yeah. Yes. I mean, she just totally took away all the great clues I was going to use uh, for him, uh, but there we are. Mo Johnson. Was he ever, was he spoken about a lot on this show, like before my time? Would, oh, yeah. Did that name have come up? Oh, yeah, yeah. once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Round yeah. about 1989, yeah. it came up quite a lot. Just before Could my time. Louis Moltz put Dundee United in front, doing what he does. Scoring a lot of goals for them this season, right? Two more. So both in the same game against CIS at Euro 92. One's a striker, one's a midfielder. So the striker. Kevin Gallagher? No, 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 no. Um, it's a striker. The midfielder is right up there in terms of players that the Celtic fans hold dear. Paul Lambert? No. Uh, Come on, you. Right, first name. Paul McStay. Paul McStay. Oh, yes. And the last one, CIS, Euro 92. Former clubs include Motherwell and Man United. Just rolls off the top. Jockey McClare. Brian McClare. There we go. That was sort of painless in the end. Uh, thank you, Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell. And thank you for listening uh, for all your calls and your tweets. It's been a good week. Lots to discuss. And it doesn't end there because, like we said, tomorrow the Premiership back. The weather played a bit of a part last week, but hopefully no such problems this week. Uh, big games in the Premiership and beyond and of course the big games keep coming thick and fast onto Sunday as well so we'll be back in here make sure you join us at 2 o'clock the top team round the grounds as well and just the man for your Friday night GBX is up next <laughs>